most pressors are drugs that are called sympathomimetics, meaning they mimic the sympathetic nervous system activation. So the same thing that happens to us when we are scared, the whole fight, flight, or freeze, we're giving those same hormones in the patient's bloodstream and be like, all right, now you have to respond as if you're running from a bear because we want to increase the heart rate, increase the contractility, make the blood vessels clamp down. And there are receptors, alpha and beta, that when we give medications, alpha, beta meds, it actually causes that reaction in the body. Hey there, I'm your host, Sarah Lorenzini, a rapid response nurse and educator who loves telling stories to teach critical thinking. This podcast is for nurses who want the knowledge, skills, and confidence to respond to any emergency. With almost 20 years of experience in the ER and critical care nursing and a master's degree in nursing education, I have a lot of stories to share, and I love to nerd out and break down the pathophysiology, pharmacology, and nurses' role in emergencies. Stories bring learning to life. It is way easier to learn from and remember the stories that my colleagues and mentors have told me than anything I've read in a textbook. And that is why I made this podcast. Every episode is packed full of exactly what you need to know to handle whatever crisis that could arise on your shift. It's one thing to get the right answer on the test, but knowing how to detect when your patient is declining and what to do when your patient is crashing is what will make or break your day and might just save your patient's life. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Rapid Response and Podcast. Today, I'm doing an episode about vasopressors and inotropes. So this is a topic that's really important for me because I feel like I did not grasp it in nursing school. I didn't even get it until I've been a nurse for a couple years because no one had really explained it to me well. I memorized it enough just to get the right answer on the test, but could I apply it to practice? Honestly, not really. I had this whole like chart memorized of like, this medication makes the heart rate go up and this medication makes the blood pressure go up and this medication makes the heart rate go down and this medication, like, but didn't really understand like what's happening inside the body as a result of these medications and how it's helping or harming my patient. So I wanted to make sure I share this with you. I did a whole one hour, we'll call it lecture, in my Rapid Response Academy Friday meetup, where I went into detail of each of the medications, all about epinephrine and norepinephrine and vasopressin and all the ones that we give. But today I'm just gonna share with you a little snippet of just like the basics, the 101, to help you grasp this concept and actually apply it. So one of the really important concepts that, again, I got the right answer on the test, but that I know how to apply it not so much, is the formula of cardiac output equals heart rate times stroke volume. So cardiac output is how much blood comes out of the ventricle in a minute's worth of squeezes. So however many squeezes that is, whatever volume comes out, that is your cardiac output. So what's so interesting is we can adjust cardiac output. We as providers can improve or worsen cardiac output based on the medications we give that can modify heart rate or modify stroke volume. So let's dive in. We'll pick it up right there as I explain this formula and how it applies to vasopressors and inotropes. It is our job as nurses to help every patient improve their cardiac output. Sometimes we can do that just by adjusting heart rate. We can make their heart rate go a little bit faster. We can make their heart rate come down a little bit and hopefully that'll increase cardiac output. And sometimes we're like, heart rate's actually okay. We need to fix the stroke volume. So these are the three components of stroke volume. We have preload, afterload, and contractility. So either we need to give them more volume or take some away. 
We need to adjust afterload, which is your blood vessels, the pipes themselves to make them clamp down or make them dilate. And then affecting contractility would be making the heart squeeze more effectively with an inotrope. So most pressors are drugs that are called sympathomimetics, meaning they mimic the sympathetic nervous system activation. So the same thing that happens to us when we are scared, the whole fight, flight, or freeze, we're giving those same hormones in the patient's bloodstream and be like, all right, now you have to respond as if you're running from a bear because you want to increase the heart rate, increase the contractility, make the blood vessels clamp down. And there are receptors, alpha and beta, that when we give medications, alpha, beta meds, it actually causes that reaction in the body. There's also non-sympathomimetic drugs, which are vasoconstrictors, kind of like vasopressin. I promise I'll talk more about that. Okay, this to me is the most important slide of all the slides that I made <laughs> because I feel like I've seen all these charts that are like dopamine, blood pressure up, heart rate up. And it just has like these arrows of like, it just makes the blood pressure go up. And that's the extent of the nurse's knowledge. But to me, if you just memorize, this one makes the blood pressure go up, this one makes the heart rate go up, this one makes the blood pressure go down, this one makes the heart rate go down, you are doing yourself a disservice because sometimes these medications won't act in the way you want them to, depending on what's happening with your patient. For example, you would think that giving a vasoconstrictor would always make the blood pressure go up, but sometimes it doesn't. What if you've clamped on the pipes so tight and now the heart can't squeeze against it and so it decreases cardiac output, which in turn drops the blood pressure? So what we need to think about anytime I'm titrating drips is, okay, what action is actually happening inside the body? And is that action going to help my patient or not? So we're not looking for like, it changes the blood pressure. I want to see like, is it alpha or beta? So unfortunately, you just got to memorize it. I have some tricks. I'll show you how to memorize it. But these you kind of do need to just learn. Okay. So we have alpha receptors. There's an alpha one and alpha two, and they are super duper different, but they're both alpha. So alpha one causes vasoconstriction. So the pipes themselves will clamp down when you give an alpha adrenergic medication. Okay, alpha two, that's more of a CNS medication. So it causes more like a sedative or anxiolytic response. Alpha twos are drugs like clonidine or dexmedetomidine. We're not even talking about those today, but that's what alpha two is. Alpha one is the focus as far as a vasopressor. Okay, so that's alpha. And then there's beta. And beta also has two parts. So there's beta one. When you stimulate beta-1, you have positive inotropy, so increased contractility. Inotropy is like makes the heart squeeze more effectively. So if you give a beta-1 adrenergic medication, then you're going to have their heart clamp down uh, more effectively. Oftentimes, beta-1 goes along with positive chronotropy, so make it squeeze more often, both of which are going to help or hurt cardiac output, depending on what's happening with your patient. Okay, so beta-1 makes the heart be stronger, faster, and squeeze more effectively. That's why I put the little heart with the muscles. All right, beta two actually causes bronchodilation. So very different action, right? Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick break to talk about something that I think is really important. And that is getting certified in your nursing specialty. Not because having the extra letters behind your name make you a better nurse, but because taking the time to deep dive into all that you need to know for your specialty putting in the study hours and dedicating yourself to mastering what your patients need you to know how to manage them best, that, the prep for the exam, is what will make you a better nurse. So whatever specialty you are currently working in, go study for that certification exam. And if you're a critical care nurse, I have something that will help you pass your CCRN. My friend Nick McGowan has an excellent online self-paced CCRN prep course called Critical Care Academy. It is so thorough. 
and he has broken down everything you need to know into little bite-sized digestible content that he calls micro learning. Let me tell you, the CCRN is the hardest test I've taken in my entire life. You don't want to go it alone. You wanna take this course to ensure that you know your stuff before sitting for the exam. If you'd like to check out his course, you can find it at ccrnacademy.com. And great news, just for being a Rapid Response RN podcast listener, you get 10% off the cost of the course by using the coupon code RAPID10 at checkout. So if you've ever considered getting your CCRN, do it and let Critical Care Academy help make sure that you will pass. I'll put the link and coupon code in the show notes. All right, here's my memory aids for these. For Alpha One, this is so silly. We used to have an A1 plumbing company here in my area, and I just see the truck running on town. It said A1 Plumbing. And I was like, first of all, it's a stupid name, but that's cool. Maybe they wanted to be like first in the phone book back in the day. Okay, so A1 Plumbing, I think A1 is always going to be pipes. That is vasoconstriction is focusing on the pipes. That's Alpha One for A1 Plumbing. Thank you, A1 Plumbing, for your silly name because it helped me remember <laughs> that Alpha agents affect vasoconstriction. And then for beta, we have beta one and beta two. So think there's one heart, but there's two lungs. So beta one is going to affect the inotropy and the chronotropy of the heart. Beta two, you got two lungs in there, affects bronchodilation. Then there's vasopressin. It's kind of like his own little weird family. Um, vasopressin actually is also known as antidiuretic hormone. So if diuresis causes you to pee, antidiuresis causes you to hold on to water and not pee. Okay, so there's two receptors for vasopressin. V1 receptors, those cause vasoconstriction, also helps with clotting. V2 receptors, those help to promote water reabsorption. So in your kidneys, you actually hold on to more water, which in turn increases blood pressure. So yes, vasopressin increases blood pressure, but by two ways, vasoconstriction and holding on to more water. So if you understand alpha and beta, and V1 and V2 receptors, then you can understand the rest of these. People get overwhelmed with how many there are, but really there's only three categories. So you just got to kind of memorize the categories and know what's happening inside whenever you get those drugs. Okay, so there are pure vasopressors, meaning all they do is clamp down the pipes, that alpha-1 agent or vasopressin V1 receptor. Okay, so pure vasopressors is just pipes. That's all we're doing here. Then there's these two categories that have two functions. So there's inopressors, ino meaning inotropy, make the heart squeeze more effectively. So inopressors make the heart squeeze more effectively and clamp down the pipes. So then you have your norepinephrine, epinephrine, dopamine. These are what people usually think of whenever they think of vasopressors, but technically they are inopressors. And then the last category is inodilators. So that's medications that have the ino part. So make the heart squeeze more effectively and dilate at the same time. So great for patients who are in heart failure, they're gonna squeeze more effectively, but not against tight pipes, it'll dilate the pipes a little bit. So I know dilators. So again, I don't wanna be thinking, this one raises the blood pressure, this one lowers the blood pressure, too complicated. What's happening at the cellular level as far as like the pipes and the heart itself. So those are medications like dobutamine, different from dopamine, dobutamine. Notice I use the tall man lettering there to differentiate them. Milrinone and isoproteranol, which honestly, I've only given one time in my whole career. So from here, I proceeded to go into each one of those medications and break down the details of dosing, administration, pros, cons, all the things about each drug. But the big takeaway I want you to get from this podcast episode is, 
it can be very overwhelming if you're new to say ICO ER where you're having to get these medications because it seems like there's just so many to memorize. So I would encourage you to start with understanding alpha versus beta. And so you know what actually is happening inside the body when you get that medication. And just remember, there's just three categories. Either you have a pure vasopressor, like vasopressin or phenylephrine, and all it's doing is tightening the pipes. Or you have an inopressor, which has two functions. Those are medications that both tighten the pipes, vasoconstriction, and also increase the contractility of the heart muscle itself. So there's drugs like norepinephrine, epinephrine, and dopamine. And the final category to memorize is inodilators. Those are drugs that, just like the title says, they dilate out. So vasodilator, but they're also an inotrope at the same time, which means they're going to increase the contractility, making the heart squeeze more effectively. Those are drugs like dobutamine, milrinone, and isoproteranol. So if you want more vasopressor and inotrope <laughs> goodness, you can definitely check out this whole lecture in the Rapid Response Academy. I'd love to have you join. It's been such a blast to get to teach live every Friday, share my heart, share my years of experience, and to get to know the nurses that are in this community. Feel free to message me on Instagram if you have any questions. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye for now. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that if you like this episode, you would probably like my course too. My one-hour Rapid Response and Rescue course is an introduction to how I approach emergencies. If you would like to learn to think, assess, and respond quickly when your patient is crashing, then you can check out my website, rapidresponseandrescue.com. And if you message me the word podcast on Instagram, I will send you a coupon code for $10 off the cost of the course. Oh, and did I mention that the course is approved by the AACN and worth one continuing education contact hour? So if you want to level up your emergency response skills and get one CE in the process, then this course is what you want. I put the link in the show notes for you. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you learned something that will save a life. Remember, nursing is a team sport. So trust your intuition and don't give up advocating until you are confident you've done what's right by your patient. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of Sarah Lorenzini and hers alone. They are not intended as medical advice and should not take the place of your institution's policies or procedures. Evidence-based practice is ever-changing and your patient care should reflect the current best practice. If you want to get in contact with Sarah, you can find her at rapidresponseandrescue.com or on social media platforms as the Rapid Response RN. 